Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode two of season five of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. And Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. Uh, this week, to kick off the 2023-24 season, we reached out to Tim Rapley, who covers the CCHA for College Hockey News and Flow Sports. Thanks for joining us, Tim. Glad to be here, guys. This week, we'll preview the CCHA and Michigan Tech Hockey as we kick off the 2023-24 season and see where else the conversation takes us. That's it. So let's do the thank you notes and a brief brief note from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Tim Rapley. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at LivoniaTech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech.net. All right, so kicking off Season 5 for the podcast, Tim, you got a chance to sit down and talk with Joe Sean. What did, what did he have to say about the season ahead? Uh, let me go to it. Hold on, <laughs> i got to transcribe right here. Um, you know, I said, you look like a favorite, right? And then he said quickly, he started talking about Bowling Green after that. <laughs> that sounds like Joe. I think he likes being the, the underdog. He doesn't want to be... Mm-hmm. that that favorite that team that that everybody else is going to be trying to to knock down he felt very comfortable uh talking about his defense and saying we're solid not like last year when he was crying wolf and saying oh i don't believe in this team we lost so much offense he he says building this team from the goal out we've got eight defensemen that can play i go is that enough minutes he goes hey i love having competition at practice so yeah um, he likes his defense, and on paper, I think it looks great. So when you said eight, were who? I I see ten on the roster. So who are the two you weren't including in this eight? Did he oh, go into that? Or na- just names? names I couldn't recognize. Okay, you know, I don't have the roster. In front I mean, of I would assume Oliver Bezik is probably one of the names that's on the outside of that because he was hurt Correct. last year, didn't play, and I think we've always kind of looked at him as being a role player who could turn into a Tyler Rockwell type player that develops over his four years and becomes an important piece in his senior mm-hmm. year or junior year even, but is not 
he's not going to be counted on. He's going to be a guy that's pushing for playing time, but most likely I'm guessing he's going to be a scratch a lot of the year, as long as the other 10 or the other nine stay healthy. And then I would put, uh, and then I would guess you're probably putting Evan or, or Cam Moger in that, in that part. Yeah. I thought Nick Williams was going to be a a player, you know, based on his pedigree. Right. Um, uh, coaches already talking about uh, Chase Pietela as being a regular. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and loves the fact they both won a championship in the USHL together. I think not, they're not going to play together, but they're going to they're going to be seeing ice time and have the chance to play their way out of the lineup is, is my feeling. You know? did, did you ask Joe how soon in the year we will get to see an all Pietela penalty kill? <laughs> not as clever as you guys <laughs> well i don't know if we're going to be able to get him on the podcast this year with his with his decision to uh not continue the radio show i know we asked him to do a an off-season episode a while back and that's how i found out about the the joe sean show at least going on hiatus for a while here um yeah did he talk about that with you at all oh yeah i've got i've got the whole thing because you know, sometimes he talks in circles. So I, I <laughs> highlighted what I thought uh, was was salient here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm speaking in Joe talk. Uh, I'm not doing it anymore. I go for my interview, my post-year stuff. And it was always talking about that. Okay. So it sounds like that, that was an issue. Um, he says, it's going to be dangerous. Um, uh, your brain works one way. Hold on one sec. Um, you can't just get on there, and I think that's that's the Monday show. You can't just get on there and say, um, "I don't." Um, our power plays anemic, or you can <laughs> tell a lot about our team by our faceoffs. Okay, saying those things, well, that offends somebody. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting perspective because it's not even the. It's not even the perspective that I would have thought it was about, I guess. Because I get like, I think he's done a pretty good job of not saying those things so far. I think it's other things that have gotten in him in trouble. I think he's done a pretty good job of walking that line of talking about their struggles without pointing fingers or, or really calling them out. And I thought he had done a really good job of learning from past mistakes on the show and really grown into doing a better job of knowing when to be like, you watch the tape, you, you, you know what went wrong here kind of thing instead of calling it out specifically. Um, But I know he really struggles with that. And I do think the, I think the biggest problem for him has always been the, the listener questions and and holding back on answering them because he knows he knows the community knows when he's holding back. So I don't think he likes getting tagged with the idea that he's holding back either. So it's been a struggle for him that way. It's just too bad that we can't do something. I know we've talked about trying to get uh, a rotation of the assistants on or something to try and recap the weekend and talk about it in some way and get that out there for the fans. Cause I know, and I know our Discord chat is full of some of the biggest diehards, uh, but a lot of them are talking about how 
how much harder it's going to be to stay quote unquote connected to the program when you don't get that feedback from the coach like we've been getting. And that's going to be a struggle, I think, for the program with without a coach's show that that um, that it's one thing to get um, to be able to listen to the games when they happen or watch them. But it's a whole nice. It, the other nice thing about the Joe show was always that, like, you had a couple days to watch on your or listen on your own time and then talk to somebody else about what you heard versus the game. You had to find the time when the game's on. And maybe your schedule didn't always work with the game, whereas the Joe show was more something that we could all listen to Monday, Tuesday and talk about um, yeah. and keep connected and, and feel like you it makes you feel like you attended a blue line luncheon every week. Right. Because you're you're getting yeah. that coach talk that and he's always been pretty open about everything. So it does kind of um, suck that he hasn't figured out how to to navigate that. Um, I mean, I know he. Um, I think the whole problem really comes down to like how he handled the the Minnesota State series, and it's hard not to blame him for being that frustrated with it. Um, when it took away a share of the trophy and all that stuff. Um, but like Rob and and you said earlier, like the Kyle Kukinen tied the game yet, so we had the chance. Obviously, the situation was different with the um with the penalty call and having to kill a penalty yet but like we've been good at the penalty kill all year we just didn't um i think the team celebrated like the game was over and wasn't wasn't uh ready to kill that penalty and see out that game at least that's the perception i got from how they played at the end there um did you see um Susan come on the next broadcast? I think who'd you play? Ferris after that in the uh, quarterfinals. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so she came on and she defended Joe to the bitter end and she was kind of, you know, controversial in her comments as well. Yep. No, um, I, I was honestly kind of shocked that she went as far as she did with that. I know we've talked about that on the show back when it happened and and I thought it was great. good for her to defend Joe yep. and and talk a lot about trying to improve the officiating and make these things more clear. And I can't disagree with that. It's a, it's a lot like, um, um, like one of the things that I see a lot on baseball, you know, like the baseball broadcast is how much people hate that you don't know what a swing is like a check swing is not clearly defined as when it's a check swing. And when it's, when you go around, uh, there's no clear definition of that. And it's like, like you can't have something like, and we talked about this before. One of the worst parts about the goalie interference call, it's two lo- twofold. One is that it's subjective on what is and isn't goalie interference. And two is it's the only play in sports or in hockey where you're deciding whether or not a goal is scored. Like, if you call a penalty, regardless of how the question of how good or bad the penalty call is, the team still has a chance to kill the penalty. Like you can kill off a five minute major. It might suck depending on who got called for it, if they got ejected, but like you can still kill it off. Whereas the goalie interference is calling a goal or no goal in a game that 
the average number of goals scored in a game is like four and a half. So like, that's a huge call either way. And then you make it subjective. So how do you, how do you ever get that call right when everybody's going to see something different? And I mean, Don Lucia said the same thing where he's like, I can show that video to a hundred refs and you're going to get, you know, 30 to 50 of them to say one thing and or 30 to 70 to say one thing and the other way. And you never know. It's a coin flip, which way the refs are going to call it if they all look at the same video. So it's, it's just, it's so gut wrenching to have a call go against you like that. Um, especially in that situation, especially on the road. Um, especially when it felt like Hastings was stalling to decide when he shouldn't have two minutes to decide, but we don't, I don't know why I'm rehashing this. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. Yep. Yeah. I was there. It was rough. Um, (laughs) but yeah. Um, did, did, uh, did, did you talk to Joe at all about the incoming, um, fins? Well, we just talked about the Finns in general and how happy they are. There's a Finnish <laughs> restaurant. There's a Finnish church. There's <laughs> distant cousins every, every, everywhere you look. And the, the, the climate is similar. He just goes, you know, and, and he's had, uh, you know, some bird dogs and former coaches and players in Helsinki in the past. And, and people know about Michigan Tech now. And he just says it's, it's a perfect fit, you know. Um, then he, he pointed out Cal. He says, "You're a Finn, aren't you?" Yeah. You know, the sports information director, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm, I'm a Finn." And he, uh, he thinks the Pietalas are all Finns, and you know, it's just, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's Hel- Helsinki uh, West over there. Yeah. In, <laughs> you know? I will say, uh, I've not been to Finland myself, but uh, you know, just going over to Scandinavia and going to Sweden, it's like, well, this is just home <laughs> with a different <laughs> language. Yeah. All, all the, the, just the way things look, it feels the same uh, as, as back home does. So I can completely understand why it's, there's a, a general comfort there, just in how yeah. the region looks for sure. Covered yeah. in snow. Yeah. yeah. Well, not yep. just that. It's rocks covered in snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not. There, uh... there, there's a reason the Finnish folks settled in the UP. <laughs> yeah. When all the other mining communities left for other mines, the Finns were like, ah, we're good. We'll stay. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else left the Copper Country. <laughs> yeah. No. And I think it's been a great pipeline. I, you know, I think we talked to Tyler shall ask about it a little bit. And we know that uh, one of our, for, our friends and former player for tech, um, uh, Pekka Sadakari, who played in the, the Jamie Russell era, I think has helped establish that footing for the team. And I, and, and maybe spend some time scouting. Cause I know, I think he works for, I don't think it's the Pelicans. I think it's one of the other programs over there. So we've got some connection there, but it, it's nice to see that, that, connection building and and continuing to grow and and adding a guy like uh, Max Koski Purdy who could be playing in the World Juniors this year for Finland. Uh, I don't know if he'll make the roster or not, but that's I think that's a pretty big step step for the program if you can have a kid from another country playing in the World Juniors and Finland has always been a strong program in that tournament. Like that's that's a big deal. Um 
like if if Max can make that program, I think that can only help or make that team that can only help our recruiting over there when you have especially if he does well, that you have a guy like that playing for Michigan Tech, you get that name said on a broadcast in Finland. That's gonna go a long way to continuing this pipeline. And and honestly I've been pretty happy with with all the recruiting um that we've seen in a little bit here. Um I know I think one of the kids that we had committed, I think we lost out to Major Junior. We'll have to see if he actually plays Major Junior this year. Um, but yeah, it's it's looking good for the future. I know the we don't have any. I know we do have uh, Max Persick. He's not a Finn, but he's playing in Finland for uh, next year, not this coming year. Slovenian, uh, yeah. Slovenia. You're right. And then didn't you say he's got a little brother that's probably like world junior yep. quality? Yep. I um, found a, yeah, I, I came across that somewhere yeah. last season on the internet that he's got a little brother that's playing in Finland too. Yeah. And, and, you know, and Michigan tech has always done well, um, taking the kids that, um, that big 10 programs couldn't find room for, whether it was, uh, Bretzman or uh I can't I think of the other one off the top of my head. Was that was Bliss? like two years ago. I don't remember two years ago. Bretzman Bressman and Bliss both were um cut let go by Wisconsin when Donato took over. Um and then adding um who's the guy this year? I can't keep track of everything. Isaac Gordon. So like I think that you know they can keep what um, playing that game too so I, I, I like where we're headed we fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you you can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide whether you're interested in question priority access to patron only zoom chats with coaches and players instat deep dives extended versions of the podcast unedited video or audio early access or commercial free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, I'm really in. Did, did you talk about the goaltending situation and what Joe plans to do this year? No, but I wanted to bring it up to the panel here. Um, Will Max Veronin get more minutes than he did last year? And he got a, you know, got a, a few starts last year. Um, is that going to keep him happy? And uh, does Joe have to worry about keeping him happy? Because he, we all know how he feels about Blake. Yeah, I, 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 I go ahead, Dustin. Is a question: Will he or should he? Because <laughs> I think it's a different answer for me. Yeah. So should he? Let's let's talk. Should he? I, I think he should. I think Varenden should get more starts because um, I, I think in the time that he did play last year, he showed that he's a very capable goalie. 
And as much as we wanted Blake back for this year, the last thing you want is Blake to run out of eligibility and Max to transfer because he's not happy. Hey, Tony Esposito right. split time with somebody at Tech all the time he was here, so <laughs> yeah. I'm cool with Blake splitting too. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly think the answer is that Blake plays like the Hall of Fame game, but then I think anytime you've got two games on a weekend, at least till Christmas break, you're splitting that time. Because I also think the other part of it too is as good as Blake is, he was way better Fridays than Saturdays. So give him, have a rotation for a set period of time. And then when you get to that stretch run, you go to Blake because he's the dependable senior. But you, we don't need to burn him out this year and and play him 120 minutes every weekend. I understand that 120 minutes for a goalie, especially for a guy with his experience, probably isn't too much. But I don't see any reason not to give Max six, seven starts at some point this year. Maybe oh, yeah. it's maybe it's three out of four that that Blake plays. But I still think Max needs to be getting in the game, starting one game every two weeks at least, if not more, at the start, just to kind of to to give them both a chance. And they're they're I don't know. It's so hard too because you. You want to win the McNaughton Cup, so you want to put put your best roster out there for the conference games. But getting in the NCAA tournament means winning those non-conference games. So you can't just be like, well, we can split who plays for in the Wisconsin series and the Alaska series because those games don't mean as much. But they actually do because they're the ones that determine that are the, the big ones in pairwise. Uh, in I mean, a lot of ways, they mean more. Like, right, because yeah. if... Like Michigan Tech isn't in the tournament if they don't sweep Alaska last year because Alaska turned out to be a good team. Like those were quality wins and we were the only team that went to Alaska and swept. So like that's a big deal to win those games this year. But Max is good enough to win those games. So I don't see any reason not to get him one out of four starts or split them for the first month, like for the month of October and see where things are. But who knows that that might be the biggest question mark of the season is how will Joe handle the goaltending this year? Because Max deserves some starts. Um, I'd like to jump in with one other point. Um, You know, the, the last two seasons you fizzled at the end, right? Tech has lost a CCHA semifinal game, then lost their first game in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, goaltending was better in December than it is in February and March, you know, by just marginal amounts. But I'm I'm saying, you know, all that work takes its toll on on Blake. Yeah, no. And I think that's where, uh, I think that's the, the right, perspective to have on this that you have a very capable backup and and the quality of the goaltending reminds me of um denver in what was that in there was it 2003 or 2004 when they had was it fisher and i forget who the other goalie was and they literally played one played yeah what was the joke it was the catholic rotation fish on fridays and menino on saturday (laughs) like every week they did the same thing and I think that's something Joe should consider because then the players have an expectation going in of what it is. And they're not, you know, I, you know, neither of them are worried about 
their Friday performance affecting their playing time Saturday or whatever. I think you you go into the season saying, you know, the Hall of Fame game's Blake's because Blake is the number one. But I think beyond that, you play, you have a rotation and somebody plays Friday and somebody plays Saturday. And that's the way you do it, at least up to Thanksgiving and then go from there on as long as they're both giving you a good chance to win, you keep doing it. And then when you get to February, March, then you can turn to Blake if you're if you're in a, a race for the McNaughton Cup and it's and it's close. Otherwise, I think you just keep doing it, and then you go to Blake when playoffs come, or maybe or a you little don't. bit before. Maybe you don't. Yeah, or maybe if 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 Max is playing just as good as Blake, keep the rotation going all the way till the playoffs, right? Like, yep. The only the only thing I wonder is, I would think you would like if you're if you end up not doing it at some point, I think you have to not do it some point in the regular season to give Blake a hundred twenty minute weekend. Yeah, that's true. To see how it goes. So it's not just a playoff game because then suddenly it's 180 minutes with the if you lose that one of those games kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that will be one of the more interesting things to keep an eye on this thing. Like if I did a, like a my three things type bullet point, that's going to be one of the top ones is, is how does Joe handle the goaltending this year? Because as much as you want to focus on this year, like we said, if Max doesn't play enough and 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 Joe can't keep him happy, he's not going to stay because the portal allows him to go somewhere else. That's right. And that's that's the tough part of the 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 world of college hockey today, because Joe can guarantee him all the playing time he wants for next year. But if he if he screws up that rotation and that relationship this year, it's going to be really hard to get him to stay. Because Joe has never been one to quote unquote guarantee anyone playing time. And I don't disagree with that. I think the players have to continue to earn it, but uh but I think Max has done enough to earn it to start this year. Obviously we don't know how off season went or how practices are gonna go here, captain's practice type stuff here in September and then how the beginning of the year starts, but I have a hard time believing that Max hasn't put in the work and isn't ready. So I I fully expect him to be getting at least a handful of starts in 2023. And then 2024 is is whatever it is. But whatever we can do to keep Blake fresh and keep him playing like he did on Friday nights for most of last season, the better. And uh and and you know Anything else we can do to keep all those records within reach of some other goalie at some point in the future, right? Like Blake doesn't need thirty more starts than and just just make all those records unbreakable because nobody else is going to get that many chances again because they won't have a a fifth year of eligibility like he did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the COVID year and all the different you know eligibility bits make all those records kind of odd and asterisked. Anyways, you know, yeah, it's a a different beast at this point trying to get to any of those type of things mm-hmm. um quick question i don't know about the relationship jamie phillips has would he be able to uh to talk to joe and influence him about goalie management or is this all joe's call i i think it is jamie's call i think when we had him on he has he has done a lot to to work with those goalies um 
I think the biggest question there is Jamie is working on his PhD and I don't know his timeline of how much longer he will be in Houghton and how much influence he will like I think he's he's got Joe's ear for this year and I do think most of those decisions were made by Jamie with ultimate approval by Joe last year but I think I think Jamie's words has a lot has a lot of sway with Joe on who to start and what to do but Ooh. I do think they have to look beyond the season when they make those decisions and try and yeah. um and do enough to to keep Max engaged with the program and happy to be there. So, I'm excited for the staff. I, one of the interesting things about Tech 2 is we haven't heard any announcement of a third paid assistant yet. And I don't know if that's because of Jamie's situation that they haven't felt the need to do it cuz I guess they can't have they can't have Jamie as a unpaid assistant and pay and hire another person, right? It's three paid assistants. So maybe Jamie just is that guy uh this year and they haven't really made it well, an, an official announcement. They can, we they can keep him last, unpaid, right? When, yeah, and when we when we talked about it last year, we I think we brought it up with Suzanne last year. She was very cryptic about what she said and said that they have a plan for it. They have a specific plan. Yeah. And it sounded like she made it sound almost like it was, you know, they thought they were doing something different than everybody else else and didn't want to let the cat out of the bag. And I don't know exactly and, what and, that would be. But. And Joe kind of touched, I don't remember if he talked about it with us or if it was one on the, one of the Joe Sean hours, but I think one of the ideas he had was to basically have that third assistant be remote and be recruiting like scouting and recruiting all the time. Uh Um, But like I said, the rules don't allow tech to hire that person and have Jamie working with the goalies. They cannot have that fourth assistant that's unpaid that, that that was not approved when they made this decision to add a third paid assistant. So as long as Jamie's with the program, they can't do what they're talking about. Um, and I see where Joe's coming from from that perspective, but I also see a tremendous value in that third assistant being somebody that's focused on goaltending, but can also go out and recruit or or be be a guy on the bench when somebody else is gone. Um, so I think that's it'll be interesting to see what if we ever get any official word on what the plan is with that. But but I would have to assume that the the plan for now is probably to pay Jamie something and, and he's the third assistant, but who knows? You know, but it's an interesting thing. What's the line between a recruiter and a, a scout slash a coach? It, it, is it really an assistant coach if all they do is recruit and, and scout and yeah. they never have any contact with any current players? Yeah. I don't know what the, to me, and, that's and how much, no, it isn't. And how much, and, and has, the NCA ever made that distinction? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, is that's, it a loophole? <laughs> like, is it a loophole or is it out and out not allowed? With like, and they must have some kind of line of what that contact has to be. Like, how often they'd have to be back? Because I think part of it, from Tech's perspective, is it's a heck of a lot cheaper for an assistant coach to be based out of Chicago and taking flights 
there to BC or or uh, you wherever in the USHL, NAHL, or over to Finland, Sweden, whatever, than it is to have somebody having to like take three different planes to get from Houghton to wherever or drive the six hours to Minneapolis, Green Bay, whatever, to get to where they want to go. And then, so maybe if he is based, this person was based out of Chicago, then they could, whatever the rule was, they could come back to Houghton for like two days every couple of weeks, but the other 12 days they're spending on the road somewhere. And that might be what they're talking about, but I don't really know because obviously we haven't seen any announcements on a change. And like I said, as long as Jamie's connected to the goalies, um, you know, unless, unless they pivot somehow and do something where um, the um, the goaltenders hire Jamie specifically as their goalie coach <laughs> and it's paid through the collective, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's the college hockey... Yeah, the college sports world is so um, is changing so drastically with with the the NIL stuff and the portal, and it's it's going to be really interesting to see how Michigan Tech keeps up. Uh, and I know I know when we had Suzanne on, we talked about the collective stuff and and how she said like you know that Michigan Tech really isn't interested in one of those at this time because it really hasn't been flushed out if what the collectives are doing is is uh breaking the rules or not um so uh, you know the next couple of years will really play out interestingly and and you know if michigan tech needs to have something like that i'm sure we have the 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 affluent engineering base to help with something like that if we need to but <laughs> Based on what we did for the the bus trip for the Misfits, I think we can we can certainly do something that. I mean, obviously, we're never going to compete with with Minnesota or BU or BC on that level, but uh, I think we can. I think we can certainly compete with that next tier of programs if that's what's called for in college hockey, and that'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years with all the, the money for that stuff. I mean, technically, I think uh, Tech Hockey Guide had the first NIL deal with a Michigan Tech hockey player. So, and who was that? Uh, Blake Pietala, because uh, uh, the authentic jersey orders we do, uh, somebody canceled their order after the jerseys had already been ordered, and I basically told them, "I will try to find somebody else, but you're on the hook if I don't find anybody." And then the somebody emailed me or submitted a request for a jersey i was like do you wear this size and they're like yeah and i was like what would you want the name and number to be and they asked for blake pietala's name and number um so then i contacted the school to figure out how i'm supposed to navigate that i'm like i guess technically now with the nil deal we can do that um so after talking it over with the compliance officer they're like we cannot coordinate a deal directly but yes what you're doing is in compliance so you can go ahead and contact Blake directly and if he wants to do it that's up to him so I I still have to write him a check out of the tech hockey guide checkbook but yeah we we signed a deal where he gets uh, I think it was $20 for every authentic jersey with his name and number combo on it that's great yeah. congratulations that's a yep. little history yep 
I don't think it's the first Michigan Tech NIL deal. I think they actually had a couple volleyball players or soccer players that had a couple deals, I think. Or skiing. It was something obscure that Suzanne talked about that it wasn't the sports that you would have thought. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool. And that might be the last one too, because the jersey orders have gotten more complicated and I'm not sure I want to deal with them anymore. So we'll have to see what comes of that and if I find the motivation to do that again. Uh anything um, else from your chat with Joe? Uh, let me see. Let me see. Um, he talked about how important those Alaska games were. And I mentioned, hey, now you've got them three times because you got them in uh, the opening round of the GLI. And so those are, again, super important games. And I know if you remember, he was saying, oh, I'm not going to be talking about the pairwise this year. I'm not going <laughs> to talk about the pairwise. And then it was all about the pairwise. You know, and yeah. <laughs> he, he was talking about how big that BU win was last year and the Michigan State win and the constellation game of the GLI, you know, all these things that are just moving, moving the meter, just, you know, fraction here and a fraction there. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and, and he just, you know, I also asked him, you, he had said he didn't like being so reliant on Blake Pietla, especially at the beginning of last year, those, those wins against Alaska and, and, and other games, you know, the, the BU game at the tournament out West, um, you know, having a team that's so reliant on an elite goalie, you know, it does not breed well for other habits, you know, and, and, and how you play if you always know you've got a guy back there. And so he realized, uh, he thinks his D is so solid this year that uh, they're not going to, uh, you know, hang their goalie out to dry and hope he makes a spectacular save. So there was some of that. Um, I, I wanted to gush about Kukkonen. And I talked about that goal in particular. And um, he made a good point. He said, as soon as Kyle got left off the January early release of the Tim Taylor Rookie of the Year awards, mm-hmm. and there was two CCHA players. He wasn't one of them. Oh, I think there were he three. He averaged like 1.6 <laughs> points per game from that point forward. I think you guys are probably up to speed on that. Yeah, almost yeah. a goal a game from yeah. that point forward. And he said, maybe he figured the game out, but maybe he was uh, – you know, burning inside. But, uh, <laughs> I thought that was good. I, I was going to look up the stats, but I'll just take Joe's word for it. And I do. No, I believe him because he did. I, like it, it was kind of interesting. Like we all talked about how the 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 rookie, the forward of the year, or the rookie of the year, and the all rookie forward group was like the hardest thing to figure out for the all conference team stuff. Because you had like five different forwards that deserved recognition oh, on that all rookie team, and and I was really wondering, like Kukinen didn't have the assists that some of the other guys did. He had the same. He had on par goals with everybody else, and I honestly think a couple things helped him. It was his stretch run. It was the fact that he scored some big goals down the stretch, yeah. and then specifically tying that game shorthanded i think that's specifically what got him all all rookie team honors was that tying goal because he you know put the team on his back for that 20 seconds to tie the game 
and try and win a share of the cup. And then obviously it didn't work out in the end, but having the, that kind of moment, I think really galvanized him with the voters because you know, that that's what you're looking for when you're voting on that kind of stuff is, is the, like those players that really had those moments, not just looking at a stat sheet. And when you can, remember these big goals that he scored. I think that plays a lot into those kind of awards versus um, the kid that, where did that kid go? Ernesty, he went to Michigan, right? From St. Thomas? Yes. Exactly. You know, versus St. You know, versus a kid at St. Thomas who he, he scored some big goals, but it's not like he was fighting for the McNaughton cup as he did it. Yeah. Um, and that, I think. Of the year. Was it, was it the goalie from Northern who got the rookie of the year? Hello? I don't even remember. Enough to look. I thought I thought Kyle got it. He got more than just on the team. I thought he got rookie of the year. Yeah, I think he did. I don't know. It, yeah. it was so long ago now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was named rookie. Yeah, Kyle got rookie of the year. And yeah. um and then all first team. And, and I think it was rookie. for all those reasons that you mentioned. Yep. Because yeah. I was actually really shocked that he got rookie of the year, especially with um how good the kid from uh Minnesota State was. Um, who left Christian, for Wisconsin? Uh, Fitz, yeah, Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yep. Um, and late, Leighton Road was the front runner for Bemidji. Yep, and he, yeah, and that was the thing. You looked at the stats, and and um, it really felt like um, that stretch run that Kyle had is what put him over the top. Whereas it felt like um, Leighton Road was probably the was there the whole year and he was steady the whole year, but he just didn't have those flashy moments at the end that Kyle did that put him over the top. I think he had some in the eyes of the voters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, they have a relationship. They're they're pals from the twin cities. Um, uh, uh, Kukinen played for Layton's dad or vice versa, you know, uh, in, in youth hockey. So, you know, I remember, talking to Leighton Road after Kyle, I think, had a four-goal game or a four-goal weekend, you know, with an empty netter, and and he knew about it already. He had been texting his buds back at home, so I think that's a great dynamic, and that they're both still at the same school in the CCHA, you know, two dynamic scores that are buds from back home. I think it just makes my job easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Anything else you guys want to say about tech season coming up or anything? I mean, besides the fact that it's, you know, like we talked about before we got started, that it's, uh, you know, crazy that it's already starting. It feels like it should still be summer, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to games getting going and figuring out a few trips, you know, like always. Yeah, I've already got a couple planned. I'm going to the Hall of Fame game. Um, I should probably talk about that as many times as I can. Um, Michigan Tech Alumni Association is uh, has a, an alumni gathering set up for the Hall of Fame game in Duluth on, I think it's October 7th. We'll yeah. be having a pregame get-together at Hoops Brewery in on Canal Park in Duluth. Uh, I think I am officially the host, and I think I got them to change it to say Tech Hockey Guide. So um, Bethlehem can't make it, apparently, because... Um, Michigan is playing the Gophers that day, and apparently Michigan is the only team that <laughs> her and David both root for. So, <laughs> sure. uh, Michigan football. So they picked that. Um, 
of course, like the one time that Michigan comes to Minnesota, which happens what once every three years, four years now. Um, it falls on a week that Michigan Tech is playing in the state of Minnesota. So, uh, we've got that going on, and then I know, um, uh, the plan is for me to be in Houghton for, uh, the Wisconsin series because uh, that falls on Minnesota's MEA weekend. So there's no school Thursday, Friday. So we get we got a little extra time to get up there. I think we're going up Thursday morning. I don't know if we're going to make it all the way to Houghton Thursday, but it'll be kind of nice to get a little extra time in Houghton um, and have my uh, girlfriend's kids get to see Houghton for the first time, you know, before it turns completely crappy with, Six feet of snow or like the fall slushy weather that I always hated at Tech in November. Um, so that'll be fun to get some games in this year. I know at least those three I'm I'm planning on seeing. I know it sucks that uh, Michigan Tech is playing uh, at Mankato. I think Thanksgiving weekend. That's a really going to be really hard for me to make it then. And then uh, I think Bemidji's in early November, like two weeks before Thanksgiving. And so both of those might be kind of tough, especially with uh, the other games I'm already going to that time already. So I'm I'm excited. I don't know what you've got planned, Rob. I have no idea yet. I'm, I'm not, I haven't figured it out at all for any of them. We're trying to get some buddies that have never been up to the UP as well to come up for a, for a series at some point. Uh, and we're, we were thinking about the Wisconsin series, but it's not going to work. So it may have to be later in the year. And then, you know, we, we always try to get up as much as possible, seeing how it's home. So, you know, we get that nice convenient excuse and no need to find hotel rooms. So it works yeah. pretty well. <laughs> yeah. And I know with um with that MEA uh, weekend, being able to get out of town a little bit earlier, I am I think I'm going to try hard for Friday afternoon to try and sit down with uh, uh, Jerry McGinnis. Sure. And get that interview finally. Um, since I should have some extra time in Houghton and I don't feel rushed when we're, we're trying to show everybody, you know, Brockway mountain and all that stuff on the, on the one day that you're actually there all day. So if I've got Friday afternoon to do that kind of stuff and take an hour and, and get that done, I think that would be good. So we'll have to see if, uh, one of you guys is going to be up there, Dustin, you probably won't be unless last minute you find out you can't be uh, harvesting, but, um, yep. It'll be that way until November. Yeah. So <laughs> just grow the crops at a different time, Dustin. Yeah. So we'll have to see if uh Matt or or maybe Jay Z can join me on the podcast for that one. So we've got somebody else. But uh and I know Beth Lynn will be in town, so maybe she can join me for that interview with uh Jerry. So uh that should be fun. Anything else I, you guys want to talk I, about? I don't need a lot of excuses to travel, Tim. Saying they were gonna interview Jerry and probably get me to come up anyway. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well you said that weekend won't work for you though. No, that's for a buddy that wants to come oh. up for the first weekend. So that doesn't work. That doesn't work for me. If it doesn't work for the buddy that wants to gotcha. travel. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So that'd that's, be good if uh, we can get up there. That's maybe maybe good. we can Joe. Maybe we can get Joe to sit down with us if we get Jerry. As long as Cal is there to you know keep him on topic. It's it's a good <laughs> time to go up for the colors. It's a good time to go up for some bird hunting. So it's not a bad time to get up there. Yeah. One minute remaining in the podcast. Uh, is that it, guys? Anything else you want to talk about? We good? No, it's good. All right. Good here. Uh, well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. Patrons at the white level or above uh, get question priority. Patrons at the black level or above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions 
of every podcast. Uh, patrons at the gold level or above receive unfiltered video of our podcast each week. Follow us on Twitter at Chasing Mac Pod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think at this point, our be- your best choice to help us make money is to listen on Spotify. Um, if you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. If you give us a five-star rating, Dustin will read the review. Uh, you leave no matter what it says. So let's get some ratings and see what you guys have to say. Thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, uh, Arcadia Insurance, and Livonia Technical Services. And uh, final note, thanks to the Thank You Notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha